I'm so excited to be in front of you today. So excited about the word that God has given me to share with you on today. Um, we are going to pray um, before I get started because I want to get right into the word. And we are also going to pray for our pastor while we are praying this morning. Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. We thank you that you always come with a word that is life-changing and that reveals, Father. Allow my words to speak the pictures that you've given, God. God, giving me agility of thought and wit, Father, so that the people are able to grasp your word, Father. Let your word fall on good ground. Let it fall on good soil this morning. Father, we pray for our pastor, God, that you would give him strength on today, Father. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort him. Send your healing virtue, Father. Allow him to continue to recover, God, and refresh him during this time, Father, so that when he returns, he'll continue to be on fire with you. He'll be able to go forward, and he'll be able to see what the end will be, Father. Father. Lord, I thank you for the pastor that you've given us, God, that he is a man after your own heart, God. I pray, Father, that his cupboards are full, God, that everything he needs, you will supply. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, good morning again, and I want to thank you guys for not walking out when y'all realized that pastor wasn't here um, on this morning. You stayed in your seat, so I thank you for that. I'm, that listen, that's half the battle right there. Um, but there is a word from the Lord um, on this morning. Okay, there you are. I was wondering where my husband was. He's sitting over there um, in his blue and his pink this morning and um, looking quite handsome. He was supposed to be on the front row so I could really see him, but he's sitting over there. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. I'm still going to make it with Jesus alone. Amen. All right. And the word. And the word this morning comes in the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1. The book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and verse 1. And again, I thank Pastor for allowing me to stand before you on this morning to trust that I can give you what God has in his absence. Isaiah 43, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 1, and it reads, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name. You are mine. We're going to go further into this. If you guys have been coming every Sunday and been hearing this random but not series, I'm telling you, it's been awesome. It's been life-changing. It's a powerful word that will give you encouragement as you go through your week, as you experience the trials and the, the circumstances of life. It'll give you what you need to be able to get through. And so if you've not downloaded it, it's on podcast under, um, on Apple for under Timothy L. Fryer Ministries. We have, I believe we have CDs of it. It's on the website. And you can go to bechristcenter.tv, go to, I believe you can go to media. It's right there for you to download. So please, 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 I encourage you to download this series because it is wonderful. So we are going to go more into that one today. And we're going to talk about this, this whole idea of 
this idea of randomness. It's so funny that, that when he talked about being random, you know, I think that's the word I know I, I throw around a lot. Like, that's so random. Like, where you come from with that? Where you, well, how did that thought even enter your mind? Well, my job today is to tell you that you are not random, but you are chosen. So turn to someone this morning and tell them, you're chosen. Turn to someone else on the other side that you didn't tell who may need to hear it this morning. Let them know that you, they are what? Tell them you're chosen. You're chosen. You are chosen. Yes. So here, um, random, you can start to feel like you are under attack sometimes as you go through life. You become overwhelmed because life just gets hard. Let's just be honest. The Dayton, Ohio thing, coming right after the other thing that happened in El Paso, that's hard. That's overwhelming. That makes you start saying, Lord, why? What is going on? And that's nationally, but let's just take it back to your house. Maybe things aren't working out the way you wanted them to work. Maybe you don't have the money you want to have. Maybe your bills need to get paid. Maybe your children starting back to school can be very overwhelming because you got to get school supplies. Then if you've been sleeping in late, you got to start waking up early with the children. Some of us are glad that the children are going back to school because we get a break, <laughs> because we get a break from them. So even though, and that's, that can be a good thing, but sometimes even that can be overwhelming because now that they're gone, you're left with your thoughts. You're left with your thoughts about your life, about how you don't like your job, about how your marriage is not working the way you want it to, and life just happens, and life can become overwhelming, and circumstances can make you feel like you are under attack and that it's just this randomness. Randomness gives you this idea of the Big Bang Theory that life just happened, that there was just this explosion that occurred one day and all of a sudden life appeared. Well, you do understand that that's not how we believe it happened, that we believe that there is a God who designed us, to intelligent design, and he purposefully, intentionally designed mankind in his image. But when life is attacking you, sometimes you're wondering, well, maybe they're right. Maybe it's just random. Maybe I'm just random. Maybe, you know, I come to church every Sunday and maybe it's not worth it. Because why am I here if I am going to continue to be attacked? Well, First thing you got to realize is you're chosen. You're chosen. And here's the thing about realizing and knowing that you are chosen. You can know something and not know it. What I mean by that is I am very aware of what I need to do to lose weight. If we had a conversation about it, you would think I go to LA Fitness every day. I got my own class that I teach, and I'm teaching people how to do it. So I have the information, but I don't know it. When you were saved, you had to confess with your mouth, but you also had to believe in your heart that Jesus was Lord. So there's a heart and a mind thing and a, that's got to come and connect. And when you say something that's out loud, that's one thing, but when you say it and it's real in your heart, then there starts to manifest change 
in your life. Your corresponding actions begin to match up. So here's the question. Um, what does it mean to be chosen? To be chosen means that you were selected. You were picked out. It's, it's like when you were in elementary school and at recess time, at my, at my elementary school, we played kickball. And so you had these people on this side. And I would say the playground, but I never went to the playground because I was always at home. So this is, I got this experience at recess. You have a team, somebody pick a team captain, and then the captain has the option of picking the people to be on his team. Most times on the playground it was who he liked. And then it might have been the people who he thought could help him to win. But that's what happened with you. God picked you. Because he knew with you, he was going to win. He knew that if he chose you, if he selected you, if he singled you out, he already knew that he was going to win. And why did he know that? Oh, because he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you. He, 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 he literally. Let me give you an example so you think about it. Yogi made this for me. This is a hat for the winter time. I like pink. Um, and so I saw that she was a, a, um, a crocheter. And she has this ability to make things, make something out of nothing. And she made me this hat. And when she gave it to me, I was so amazed that she was able to put it together, together just from what I told her I wanted. Now, you do understand that this hat started like this. It didn't look like this when it, when it came into existence. She started this project with yarn that was all bundled up, that was all mixed up, that had other colors intertwined into it. And she, because she was the creator, had the ability to pull it apart in such a way that she knew what to separate and what to keep, because she knew I wanted a pink hat. So she said, I'm gonna, let me separate this from that. So she knew what needed to come out of, of this ball of confusion in order to, to be what it was meant to be. She pulled it apart, and then some kind of way she was able, she had the skills and the talent and the ability to take a knee. Now, this doesn't even look like this would do this. But because she is the creator, she knew what needed to be done, and she had the ability and the skill to move this needle in such a way, to pull it where it needed to be pulled, to intertwine it where it needed to be intertwined, to cut it when it needed to be cut, and to go from one row to the next row so that this would begin to look like this. That is what God has done with your life. He created you. Psalm 119, 13, 14 says that he knitted my inward parts while I was in the womb. Can you imagine being in your mother's womb and God is just in heaven doing this? And he said, oh yeah, that's, mm -hmm, that's, that's Deidre. I know what I want Deidre to be. So I need to pull this this way. Let me pull this yarn that way. I know she likes pink, so I'm gonna pull it 
that way she's gonna need, she's gonna be a talker. So, you know, I'm gonna need her to, you know, know how to use her, be a good communicator. You know, she's gonna be a person, you know, she likes to eat, so I'm gonna have to help her with her discipline. So let me give her a temperance, uh, some temperance. You know, she's gonna be, her parents are gonna be, you know, her dad is dark skin, her mama is light skin. So I'm gonna put her in between them. You know, she's gonna need, you know, to go to school. She's gonna do a lot of school because she's gonna be a little confused about what she wants to do. So I'm gonna need to give her some encouragement. And by the time she finishes doing all that stuff, because what she doesn't realize is the fact that she's going through all that stuff she's going through, I'm gonna use the stuff that she's going through, all this stuff that's intertwined that looks like a mess, and I'm gonna give her this hat, and she's gonna become this. And you know what? Somebody's gonna need to be warm one day. And because I've knitted her life in such a way, that she is now looks like what I created her to be, she's going to be able to be used of me. And she's going to be able to serve somebody. And she's going to be able to meet a need that someone has because she's been chosen. She's been chosen. She's been selected. She's been picked out. She's been knitted. I, I was purposeful with her. I didn't just do it willy-nilly. I did it with a thought in mind. You were created with, God had a thought in mind when he created you. As a matter of fact, can I tell you this? He had a purpose and a mission in mind when he created you. Listen, you can't take the, the fact that you are chosen means that the good stuff that happens to you is intentional as well as the bad stuff that happens to you is intentional because God knows as the knitter of your inward parts, he knows what experiences you need to have in order to be able to become what he needs you to become. He knows that you're going to be, you know, this hat had to be, I told her I got a big head, so you're going to have to make this big. So she knew the circumference. She knew how wide it needed to be. Can I tell you this? The family that you were born to, God knew that you needed that family. God knew that you were the one that needed to be in a the family. They needed to be able to depend on you. They needed to be able to talk to you. They needed to be able to touch you in such a way that what you're getting from them and what you give to them begins to shape who you are in your life. Here's the challenge that we have, and this is what was happening in the text. When God was talking to them, he's talking to the children of Israel. They are in Babylonian captivity. Think about that. They are in captivity. They are in their mess. They have messed up. They knew they were chosen, but they didn't know they were chosen. And so when they got arrived to where God, what God had for them, they intertwined and mixed with the wrong thing. So these people who are children of God, who are, you are my people and I'm your God, these people started doing what the people around them were doing. They became worshipers of pagan gods. They began, they said the women left their children to seek pleasure. They said that, you know, and family is important in the, in, in, in the Jewish tradition. So you, you're talking about now you got families that are breaking apart because people are not, are outside of what God has called them to be. So they're in captivity. They're miserable. They're overwhelmed. They're like, man, how long is this going to take? You know, God has told, is going to tell them um, in Jeremiah, you know, it's going to be a while. So y'all might as well get comfortable, get yourselves together because you're going to be here for a minute. Can I ask you, are you in the midst of captivity right now? 
Do you feel like what you are going through is something that you are never going to get out of? That no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you pray, no matter what you do, no matter who you talk to, no matter what job interview you go on, you still don't get the job. No matter how much money you put in the bank, you still don't save enough. No matter how many people you talk to on the phone, you've been to a counselor, you've been to a doctor, you've been to a professor at the school. You just want to talk to anybody. Anybody talk to me and tell me, how can I get out of this? You feel like you're in captivity. But here's the thing about captivity, and here's the thing about the God that you serve. First of all, know that they were in captivity by their own doing. They had the information. They knew who they were. God told them who they were. But what was going on around them was so enticing was so seductive that it lured them in. I want you to think about this because before we get too hard on them now, they have been uprooted from their homes and taken to a place where they didn't worship their God. You know how hard that is? You know how hard it is to be on your job and you're around people that's going off all day long. They're playing, you know, uh, I don't even know the radio stations, 102.7. They're playing, you know, secular music. They're playing um, Jay-Z and Drake, you know, or they're playing, you know, they're talking about, you know, we're going to go out after work, turn it up, because I just needed a glass of wine because my boss got on my nerves this morning. So you, when you walk into your job, you feel like, good Lord, I'm in Babylon. Because all this stuff is going on around me. They don't love the Lord that I love, or they don't know him. And I'm chosen, but I'm not strong. I'm chosen, but I'm not sure. I'm chosen, but when they finish their happy hour, they look like they're happy. You know, when they finish their Moscato, they didn't forget about the day. You know, when they finish indulging in smoking or, you know, dancing and kicking it at the club, them jokers look happy. They turned up. They ready for the next day, dude. When I pray, I get up, I still feel mad. When I pray, I get up, and this is, I'm not saying when, when, when this is in general. My husband's still acting crazy. When I pray, my children still aren't doing what I asked them to do. When I pray, I look around, and I see the pagan worshipers. I see all this carrying on going on around me. They look happy, and I feel sad. And you want me. And a matter of fact, I kind of feel like maybe if you would have protected me better, I wouldn't even be in this captivity. What am I supposed to trust you for? You're supposed to have my back. I come to church every Sunday. I'm always here. I'm trying to do nice things for people. I'm trying to make sure my family has what they need. But in spite of all of that, I'm stuck 
in captivity. And you got the nerve to stand up here today and tell me I'm chosen. Let's go to the NBA Finals. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Now, I'm not even a big NBA fan, but I got caught up in the hype. And so I, um, I like, uh, what's the little, the, little, the little pretty eye boy name? Stephon Curry. Stephen Curry. I like him. So I, when I like somebody, I like, you know, I follow their team. So he's a member of that team. When they were winning, he got the rings. He put his effort in. He gave all he had in the midst of everything that was going on. When they were building their dynasty, as they called it, he was a member of that team. This year, things happened at the end that caused him to have to make a decision. Because it kind of feels like a little bit of captivity right here because we're supposed to take it all. Now, Durant is hurt. Seemed like everybody was getting hurt. Then um, Clay Thompson got hurt, and then um, Igudala got hurt. So all of their key people started falling off around them. And then don't talk about what the media was saying. But he had to choose. Am I going to be a member of this team and give it all I got in the midst of what's going on? Or am I going to be like, shoot, we can't win. <laughs> we have lost everybody. Or do I know that I'm chosen? Do I know that when I got drafted, they drafted me because they saw something in me that was going to add to this team and that was going to take us where we needed to go. Do you understand that when they chose him, they chose him because he had talent, he had raw talent, he had skills that he had to build on, that he had to be able to, he was chosen for that moment because it's in the moment of adversity, it's in the moment of captivity, it's in the moment when your teammates are falling down around you that we got to be able to look to you and say, she got it because I can't do it because she's chosen. I'm chosen too, but I'm down. All of us are a part of the body of Christ. We've all been chosen. If I'm having a bad day, I need you to have a good one. Because we're all chosen and we're on a team, a team, a team, a team. And even though you may feel like I come to this church and that's random, I'm here to tell you today, no, you were chosen to be here. You were chosen to be here even on this particular day. Let me tell you what happened before service. For some reason, um, I've, I've been having some issues with my, my medications and um, my diabetes, and the, the doctor had given me a medication that was actually the side effects of what I was taking was supposed to help, but the side effects were worse than the cure. And that's a whole nother story. What are you doing right now? that's supposed to help you, but it's hurting you more than it's helping you. What conversation did you have last night that you thought was gonna relieve some stuff, but when you woke up this morning, you felt like, man, I feel worse than I did when I started that conversation. That's what was going on with me. I was taking medication that was actually 
causing me problems. And so I went to a new doctor. She took me off the medication. And so I was having some problems. My legs were swelling. They were hurting a lot. And it was starting to get better. And I just started the medication this week. But before service, for whatever reason, I started hurt. Like, my leg was hurting me so bad. I was concerned that I wasn't even going to be able to preach because I was just like, oh, my God, this is, like, really hurting. And, and I, I even told... Um, the um, sound guys, I was like, I need, bring the chair out because I may need to sit down. I might not be able to walk. But you do see me walking around. Let me tell you what happened. Mario, who goes around praying for people, just praying for the service, just praying for, you know, that God's presence would be here. And he'll come and he'll touch you and he'll pray for you. Not because anybody told him to, but just because that's who he is. That's who God made him to be. He was going around touching people. He came up to me. He didn't know what was wrong going on with me. I didn't say anything. He touched me. He started praying. And as he was praying, he started praying for my physical ailments. He didn't know I was hurting. And while he was praying for me, my leg started getting warm. And by the time he was done, it was not hurting. I tell you that for two reasons. One, because prayer is everything. The power of prayer. He did, and to be connected to the Holy Spirit enough to pray and know, God, I'm praying for you. I don't know what I'm praying for. You don't always have to know what's going on with a person. But sometimes if you, you can just lift them up in prayer, they need that. But the, the other reason I'm telling you about that, one, prayer is everything. But the other thing is, what if he wasn't in place today? Your being chosen is not about you. Your being chosen is not about you. If he hadn't been here and to pray for me and I couldn't preach, you wouldn't have got a word that may save your life that may change your perspective, that may get you to the place and the breakthrough that God has for you for you to move out of captivity, to get to the place where now that you're out of captivity, you can open yourself up for God to change your life and change who you are so then you can go out and be the hat to somebody else. But if he wasn't in place, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> it might have been just panic. We just would start praying here because I wouldn't have been able to do it. How many people can do what they need to do because you don't act like you're chosen? How many people can go where they need to go, can produce what they need to produce, can, can, can reach the, the height and the level that God has prepared for them because you know you're supposed to be a teacher and you just won't do it? Because you know you're supposed to be going to reload Bible study so you can connect with somebody, but you won't come. Because you know that on your job, there's this person that God said, he told me to talk to her, but I don't want to talk to them. I don't even like them, Jonah. Okay, Jonah. How many people are missing their, they're losing their lives? Because you know you're chosen but you don't know you're chosen.
How is it, so let's talk about this. How do you know that you are chosen? Well, the text tells us, and we just, we covered it. The first thing was, you know that you were created by God. You know that what I love about this text is, the text didn't just say you were created. The text said he called you by name. You know how personal that is? You know how that made, made, when I was reading, I was like, wow, God, you know my name. So I'm not sitting in this mess and being overwhelmed and feeling like I can't make it, and you don't know me. You know me. You called me by my name. And, and, and here's the great thing about the Bible is that when the Bible talks about God calling you by your name, he's not just talking about your name. He's talking about your character. Because if you look in the text, when we, when, and at first it says that, can you put that back up for me? It says, but now says the Lord who created you. Okay, now he says, oh, Jacob. And then he who formed you, that word formed is actually he fashioned you. He put his hands on you. And he molded you in who you needed to be in order to be able to be who he needed you to be. And then he says, oh, Jacob. And then he goes on to say, after he says he formed you, then he says, oh, Israel. Jacob, if you remember, Jacob was a trickster. Jacob was a, was a father of the children of Israel. And what happened was Jacob had an encounter with God. And that's where you hear this, the scripture, you may have heard the story where you say, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He had that encounter with God. God hit him, in his, the angel hit him in his hip. And as a result, he had a limp because he had come in contact with God. So every time he walked, people could see, oh, he's been with God because there's proof in his walk that he has encountered God. Oh, well, you know, I got to ask the question. When you walk... Do you look like, can I look at you and say, oh, she's been with God? Oh, when you walk, do I say, she's been watching TV? Because she looks like real housewives. She talks like loving hip-hop. She lives like Real Housewives. Her life, her words that she chooses, they look like what she watches. Or when somebody comes in contact with you, are they going to see a, a limp? That's proof that I just had an encounter with Jesus. And do you know what happened after he had that encounter with Jesus? God changed his name. But what you got to love about God is He'll encounter you even while you're Jacob. He'll encounter you even while you're still running the tricks. He'll encounter you even while you're still cursing people out. He'll encounter you even while you're still smoking what you're smoking. He'll encounter you even while you're still doing what you're doing. Remember, he's talking to them and sending them words of comfort. In the midst of their captivity, they in it. And he's sending a word of comfort. 
Because you know why? He's speaking to their name. He knows their name. That speaks of their character. That means, I think, I believe Israel means salvation. So he's speaking to the salvation. He's speaking to who he made them to be, not who they had become. So every time God calls your name, every time God says, Kim, every time God says, Edie, every time God says, Corey, he's speaking to who he made you to be. So it doesn't matter what you're doing now in the sense that there's nothing that you can do that can stop God from doing what he's got to do. Now, what you can do is walk out of his plan, but as far as his ability to do it, it's okay. It's really okay. It's okay that you watched Real Housewives last night. It's really okay. Y'all see, I don't watch TV because I can't name nothing else. It really, it really is okay because God is saying, I already knew you were going to be Jacob when I named you Israel. But I knew that I was going to meet up with you one day. And I knew there was going to be a thirst and a hunger in you for me. And you know why I knew that? Because you're chosen. So once God begins to call you by your name, when he's talking to him as Israel, because once you become Israel and you start walking in the character that God has given you, then you can begin to fear not. Because fear not means I don't have to trip because the sovereign God of the universe, the God who created all this stuff, the God who is in control of the randomness and the chaos in my life, I belong to him. That's a shift. That's a shift. So, see, you don't have to get worn out about the tire because you know I'm chosen. I serve the God who created the man who created the tire. I serve the God who has the ability to protect me and to give me, a, to, to speak to me enough to say, go take care of that before you leave. And I'm a be, and the family is okay. I have the ability to, I'm serving the one who is in control of the chaos. So you don't have to worry. I know things are not going good at home, but you're chosen. I know things are not going the way you wanted to go at work, but you're chosen. So you don't need to fear. Why? Not because you're so awesome, but because the God that you serve is awesome. Not because you're so grand, but because the God that you serve is grand. Not because you have the ability to change anything. But the God that you do have the ability to pray to has the ability to change you in the midst of captivity. Could it be that the reason why you're in captivity is because you haven't learned how to live with the pagan gods and still serve the true and living God? Do you not understand that every trial Every situation, every setback, every joyful act, every celebration is all ordained by God for you because you're chosen. 
You can't just take the good and not have the bad. God is still the same God when things are going good as he was when they were going bad. As a matter of fact, you can get a better revelation of him sometimes when things are not going good because you have to reach out to him and he has to pull out of you the right stitching pattern because your pattern's not right. Your pattern's not right. You see how this is one way, but when you get up here, the part that actually touches my head and needs to keep me warmer, she used a different pattern. Some of us get stuck in the generalities of life. Some of us get stuck in, in the outer things, the, the things that are not, the things that are, that are surface. Let me tell you what my husband told me. So now that I'm saying this, I'm gonna have to do what he says. But we were having a heated, I'm sorry, babe, I'm just, it's, it's gonna turn out good. We were having, <laughs> we were having a heated discussion because he can't understand why I struggle a lot with not wanting to work my job. That's pretty much any job I have. And, <laughs> and, I, and my thing to him is, so he, his thing is, you know, I'm just trying to understand. You don't go to work but like once a week. The rest of the time you're working from home. What you upset about, what you don't like. I wish I had a job like that. And then you're getting paid more than you've ever gotten paid in your life. And you still are sad and want to quit the job. No, I never quit the job. I'm still good. And that was my thing to him. Why are you worrying about <laughs> me being happy? You ain't got to understand. Just understand that I'm going still. I'm bringing a check home still. So what's the problem? And his thing is, because you should not be doing that because you have to. You focus on the fault when you should be focusing on the favor. Woo, that was good, honey. <laughs> Don't do all that because you know when he said that I ain't want to hear it. I was like, whatever, you always got something to say. You always coming up with something. But he's right. I, and the reason he, I asked God for this job, I was like, Lord, if you could just give me a SAG job. I know this is, this is the one that I'm going to love because I'm going to be able to help the children and I'm going to be able to protect the kids and it's going to be able to work from home. And he's like, and you'll be happy for like six months. And then you're ready to go on to something else. And those that know me can attest to that. To the peanut gang over there. Um, and what he is saying to me is, God favored you because you're chosen. But you can't walk in the favor because you spend your time finding fault. Yeah. 
So you're complaining when you should be celebrating. You're trying to find a way out when you need to figure out why you're in it. You're looking for the exit door when God entered you in there because there are people and places and things that I specifically put you there to touch. But you won't touch that because you're so into you. Because you think you're chosen so you can be happy. You think you got that job so you can make more money. You think that the people you come in contact with get on your nerves. But what you don't realize is you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for those people. Because I put those people there so they could touch you. And in touching you, let me fix that. I've put them there so they could touch me. But they can't touch me because you're so caught up in you. But you're chosen. Your family. The people in your family who are struggling, who are going through stuff, who, 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 who may not be saved, who, who just can't seem to get it right, who can't seem to get it together, who get on your nerves. I'm not going to the family reunion because I don't want to see that boy because that cousin, he got on my nerves. Last time I was there, he was drinking. He was doing all this, and I just don't want to be around that. I put you in that family so by seeing you, they see me. If you don't go to the family reunion, or maybe you don't need to go because you ain't. Well, you you still with the pagans over here. You living your life in captivity, and you not letting me change you. So maybe you don't. Maybe that's a good idea. Don't go till you get yourself together. But do you see what I'm saying to you? That's what I'm saying. Nothing is random in your life. When God created you, He put you in a space, in a circle. And his intention was that you would touch everything in it. The people, the resources, the ideas, the relationships, the dog, everything that's in your circle of influence, God gave it to you intentionally. is not random. So we have to shift our minds. Edie, can I have my, my glasses out my purse? We have to shift our minds, and I'm done after this. When, and this is why we have to shift it. You got to shift from feeling like you're entitled 
because you come to church on Sundays? Like you got a right to have a good life? I'm living my best life. All of that? You got to shift that. And the reason you have to shift it is because your perception colors everything you see. If you see yourself as a victim of God and not a victor because he loves you, everything you do is going to be filtered through that. Your family gonna look like they get on. They that they, I'm a victim of my family. I'm a victim of my job. I'm a victim of my bank account. I'm a victim even this television ain't nothing. Okay, get expensive. Get on my nerves. I'm a victim of these kids in my classroom. I'm a victim of my friends. I'm a victim of why I always feel hopeless and I want to and I feel depressed. I'm just a victim and I can't never get nothing right. And God, you said you're supposed to love me, but how could you say you love me? How could you say I'm chosen when all I do is feel bad and all I feel like is I'm in captivity? I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. If that's what you see, that's who you're going to be. Because this determines your, your paradigm. We're in a 21 day fast. I'm 21 days of prayer. And we're talking about renewing our minds. You got to renew your thought process. I'm just telling all my husband stuff. He says thought, behavior, outcome. You have a thought, it produces a behavior, then you have an outcome. So if your thoughts stink, your behavior is going to stink, and you will have a stinky outcome. What I want you to leave here with today is understanding that you're chosen. When you begin to look through the lens of being chosen, trials start to look different. I'm looking at y'all right now, and y'all got like a haze on y'all. Y'all got this pink haze, and y'all look so pretty. Because I'm looking through a different lens. So whereas I might see your flaws when I was looking through my other glasses, when I changed my lens of what I was looking through, now I don't see that. Oh, right. It's kind of like how the blood of Jesus covers us. And God doesn't see us. He actually sees us through the blood. So he looks at us through the blood of Jesus. So when he sees us, he sees us, we look pretty. He doesn't see our faults. He doesn't see our failures. He sees his son. And all God is asking you to do as being chosen is when people look at you, that he wants them to see his son. So tell yourself, I am chosen. Say it again, I am chosen. I am chosen. Yes, you are chosen to do good works which God planned beforehand. It's already been mapped out for you. It's already been planned out for you. He's already picked you. He didn't only pick you. He 
gave you the supplies, he gave you the talents, he gave you everything you needed to do it. All you got to do is change your glasses. Amen. Father, we love you today. We honor you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for the paradigm shift today, God. And Lord, we say that forgive us for the times where we were looking at fault. When we weren't, we were, we were so caught up in what wasn't working for us that we missed you. Father, thank you for choosing us today. Thank you for choosing us when we were unworthy. Thank you for choosing us when we didn't deserve it. Thank you for choosing us and thank you for getting us a word in the midst of our captivity, Lord. Change us in your presence, Father. And we declare when we leave this place, we will live for you. We will come after you. And we will do the things that you have called us to do. We will speak to the person you've asked us to speak to. We will make the phone call, God. We will go visit them, Father. We'll stay on the job if that's where you want us to be, God. And we're not just going to stay, Lord. We're going to glorify you while we're on it. So today we walk away from reflecting ourselves and declare that from this day forward, we will now reflect you. Overwhelm us with your presence. Change our minds. Renew our minds. Show us what needs to be done. And we open up ourselves to you. We lay ourselves on the altar as a living sacrifice today. Thank you for calling us by name. We are your people, and you are our God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.